You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Sam Sanders, and you are listening to Into It from Vulture and New York Magazine. So have you noticed this year? It seems celebrities have done a really, really bad job at crisis communication. I mean, if you listen to this show, you know that because we talk about that a lot. There was Drew Barrymore and that weird, cringe, tearful video she made in her kitchen after she got in trouble for potentially crossing a picket line. My intentions have never been in a place to upset or hurt anyone. There was Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis, who seemed to make themselves look like they were being held hostage in this really awful apology video they made. They made this video after getting dragged for writing a character letter for a convicted rapist. We support victims. We have done this historically through our work and will continue to do so in the future. There was also whatever Joe Jonas was doing to botch all of his divorce messaging. And of course, there was Lizzo, who waited way too long to respond to some serious allegations of abuse and an unsafe work environment with her dancers. And here's the thing. I could go on. There are so many celebrities this year getting the crisis comms and the PR and the messaging, getting it wrong. This episode, we're going to talk about that and why it feels like celebrities are getting worse and worse at handling a crisis. Why are they so bad at talking to their fans when shit hits the fan? You see what I did there? I, I was proud of that line. We're going to keep it in. I also want to talk about this episode, which celebrities are consistently getting this PR right. To have this conversation, I am overjoyed to bring on the TikTok PR lady who I am obsessed with. And yes, she goes by that title on the interwebs, but her legal name is Molly McPherson. And she's gotten this really big following by posting these videos where she analyzes and breaks down celebrity PR. Let's break down Team Lizzo's response from a crisis communication, strategic communication point of view from someone who does it for a living. I'm obsessed with it. It's fascinating. With that, let's just get into it. My name is Molly McPherson, and I am a public relations and crisis communication strategist. A.K.A. the TikTok PR lady. Yeah, well, that's what I've been dubbed, so I'm just going with it. It's the cool SEO search for me. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, 
you know, being a lady, you know, whatever. It's okay. It's neutral. But hey, if people are finding me any way that they can come to the content, I'm okay with that. Yeah. And so I came to you this year because a lot of celebrities were just handling messaging around crises in really bad ways. And you would have these TikToks where you would break down what went wrong, how it could have went right, and how celebrity PR works. And I did not expect to be obsessed with this kind of content, but I love it. I oh, love I, it. When It's great. I love you saying that. Thank you. <laughs> when did you get the idea to start offering real-time PR feedback on TikTok? I wish that I plan this out and I could come to you and say, well, this was a part of my launch strategy because mm -hmm. I know that consumers want this information. Mm -hmm. It really started from me as someone who works, you know, in public relations crisis management, I have been following the arc of the social media crisis for years. It even okay. goes back to my work at FEMA in 2007 when I really started the social media program You were there. at FEMA. I mean, They're always in a crisis. They're always in a crisis, exactly. <laughs> so I've always followed it and I've always been fascinated by the social media downfall. How I came to TikTok is because my you know, this is the work that I do. I felt yeah. I needed to understand the TikTok culture. So I was yeah. a lurker for a while. And then I thought, well, I got to jump in. What am I going to talk about? So okay. I just talked about my job. I love it. We're going to break down a few celebrity comms crises a bit later. But I got to ask you before we start. Is it just me or are celebrities getting worse at this? Responding to situations, handling comms, handling the statements. It just feels like whether it's a crappy notes app apology or a horrible video, they're worse at responding to anything than they've ever been. Am I right to feel this way? I love the question because I've done so many interviews and no one's asked that question. And that's okay. that's the first question really to ask is, are they getting worse at this? You know, what has happened? As someone who tracks this, I think it's a combination of things. I think one, when we moved from traditional legacy media only uh, to social media, the a number of handlers, PR, legal handlers, still working from a playbook from the time of Legacy Press, where they could handle stories. They could kill stories. They could broker one client's story for another story. That, as well as TikTok. You know, Twitter was a different type of social media crisis. That was the Me Too, the hashtag Me Too time. Mm. And you still have a modicum of control on Twitter, even though things could go viral. But TikTok brought in the video and the content and the opinion. And I think celebrities now, because of TikTok, juggle between being authentic and just being a celebrity where there's a buffer between them and the public. But now the public has the power. So it's like this combination of the heightened scrutiny with probably the nerves and also the intervention of publicists and legal handlers that are telling them what to do. And it is completely antiquated for what the medium needs. On that note, let's get into a few celebrity messaging crises from this year yeah, uh, and talk about why they went so badly. We're going to do Lizzo and those allegations. We're going to do Ashton and Mila we're going to do Drew Barrymore and the writer's strike. We're going to do Joe Jonas and his divorce from Sophie Turner. My greatest hits. <laughs> there you go. There you go. 
Let's flash back to Lizzo. Help me set this up. A few months ago now, uh, after her, I think, world tour ended, uh, several backup dancers and former employees accused her of a hostile workplace, sexual harassment, and of, was it false imprisonment was part of the ones too? Yeah, yeah, that they wouldn't, uh, they, they kept someone's phone and they wouldn't let them leave, let her leave until she let them see it and delete all the information. Wow. Which wasn't on there in the first place. Yeah. So mm-hmm. tell me, when you saw that story break, what was your first response as a PR professional? I always, I'm drawn to the response, always. Yeah. The response tells you everything. Yeah. And the Lizzo response was shocking to me. She denies the claims of sexual harassment and a hostile work environment, calling them unbelievable and outrageous. The allegations seemed so concrete, even if there was some confusion or gray area in the specifics. But when you have multiple people filing a lawsuit and with multiple charges and And lots of details telling you what happened in the club at what time. Yes. And the fact that she chose one, Marty Singer. So when I talked about using an antiquated media playbook, he would be a key figure in that because for decades, he has been like this bulldog Hollywood legal fixer. He's a lawyer. Uh So the who's who's of the people who've needed help, like Charlie Sheen, Bill Cosby, uh, Ricky Martin, what what he recently um, had his issue. Lizzo picked Charlie Sheen's attorney. Yes, exactly. That's a choice. That's a choice. Yes, as did the Tui family, you know, with the blind side and Michael Orr, also the same lawyer. So he seems to be this go-to lawyer for this day and age, but I think he's one of the, well, I mean, he's probably a great lawyer, but Mm -hmm. he doesn't understand the reputation piece of it. So my feeling is he may still try and win the legal war for Lizzo, but he has lost the PR war. Didn't she wait several days before she said anything? Good memory, Sam. Yes, she waited as well. Yes, we all knew about the lawsuit, but we did not have a response from Lizzo. So that allowed all that time. Um, And that's when I first started posting to TikTok saying, you know, Mm -hmm. where's Lizzo? Mm -hmm. And then when the response came out, it was so... So defiant. And it was it was pure Marty Singer. That's what he always does. Huh. It's in three pieces. Huh. Now, in his defense, and this is getting into the weeds of my work, but he went with uh, denial, diminish, and then ultimately to rebuild. So huh. that's why I could predict what he was going to do because it's it's a pl- it's part yeah. of a playbook, and it's actually opposite to what your theory yes. of response is, which is I, I know this because I watched own it, explain it, promise it. That's yes. the Molly way. That's exactly it. <laughs> I start with rebuild, and you can only rebuild when you're honest and you own up to it. Yeah. But when you deny what he did with Lizzo. He put her in a corner. She had nowhere to go but keep, like, digging the hole. She she could only go down into the hole. And then even now, they're coming back, and they're still trying to diminish and get the case thrown out of court. So it's, it's not going to work anymore. Yet Marty Singer keeps using this playbook over and over and over again. And she may eke through the legal proceedings, which I'm sure they'll just settle out of court. But there's no doubt the damage is there, and it's oh there gosh. for good. Well, and my question with this is, like, what would a better statement have been? When I saw the allegations come out, I said, these are actually too specific to completely deny. You can't have that many people have the same amount of detail 
on the story. So I was thinking, all right, is there a way that Lizzo could say, yes, some things happened. There are some different interpretations. I'm growing. I'm learning more. T-. Like, was there some kind of way where she could issue a statement without saying I'm guilty, 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 but admitting that there's something there and that she's working through it? Like, what would you have had her write? Well, we don't know what happened legally, so what the risk is there. But um, let's say she could get through it legally. What she would own up to is as close to the truth as possible, but it's all about framing, which is another PR term. And these accusations were about how she treated, you know, dancers. She could talk about living out loud, like, you know me, I'm, I live big, I live authentic, what you see is what you get, and I put so much energy and effort into my craft just to give you, um, you know, the music that you want, that's who I am as an artist, but sometimes... I lose focus and I lose sight of how and or can let that bleed into how I treat my staff. And so sometimes the line between being an artist and being an employer gets blurred and I let my dancers down. Some language like that. And then you make the promise. You know, you explain what happened. You know, we were on tour. It was, you know, it's exhausting. It's all these other things. And then say, but you know what? I've I've spoken to them. I'm working with them to make sure that they're taken care of. And I want to come back. This is who I am. And, you know, moving forward, that, 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 that. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It's a punch. You know, people don't want to admit, you know, any fault or acknowledge it. But wow, what they don't realize is you can get so many people back into your corner because, yes, Very people easily. like to knock people down. Yeah. But even more, they love to bring them back up. Well, also with this thing with Lizzo, and then we'll move on, I promise. Yeah. Um, she's alluded to this drama in song lyrics from like years yeah. ago. Yeah. These dancers were mad at her for a while and she knew it. She could have done whatever it took to squash it with them privately. And she didn't. Why do you think that is? I have a theory. Why do you think that is? I mean, my initial gut response is just like stubborn and your ego, you think you can just be bigger than them, but like you can't. What's your theory? Yes. Yep. Ego always comes into play. I mean, because really that's why we, you know, love our celebrities and our singers, you know. They're big personalities. They're big personalities. Yes. Everybody has to have a little touch of narcissism really to put themselves out there in that type of a way. But yes, they let their ego get the best of them and they think they're smarter, better, um, more important than someone else. Because in her mind, clearly, the dancers were not worthy of her attention. Or you, you know, of or any empathy whatsoever. Yeah. And well, she now, paid they for it. Oh, now they yes. are. Oh yes. Oh <laughs> yes. Yeah. They made yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. Let's move on. What was next? Ashton and Mila. Yes. Yeah. So, and let's let's explain what that is for folks who might might not know. So Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis were stars of that '70s show along with Danny Masterson, the mm-hmm. actor. Since that show, Danny Masterson has been convicted of rape of more than one woman, um, and before his sentencing. Ashton and Mila wrote a letter defending his character in hopes of getting him a lesser sentence. News of this letter they wrote was made public, and then they had to issue what I think is one of the worst apology videos I've seen in some time. Describe this video for our listeners. 
Oh, this video, it was, you know, when we talk about performative too, that's a word that comes in a lot. It's yeah. as if they sat down with their publicist or their team and said, how do we need to look? Where do we need to go? How are we going to deliver it? So even in the aesthetics, I thought it was interesting. And I I, I spoke with a reporter with the New York Times. She, she does a real estate beat. And even hmm. she went into the PR crisis world to look at the celebrity apology because she noticed where they were located, you know, where they sit when they do their video. Yeah. Can we talk about that? So Yeah. Absolutely. They're in front of this old, distressed wood background, mm -hmm. wearing ratty T-shirts, mm -hmm. trying their best to look not rich. Yes. But very soon, people realized they were just filming in one corner of their massive backyard Beautiful with a humongous house. pool. Yes, exactly, exactly. And one house that was just, you know, involved, they just, you know, finished a campaign with Airbnb on one of their properties too. So yeah, they were using optics as mm -hmm. well as, you know, their language. And the combination of the two did not, it was just overwrought of an apology yeah. video, but it wasn't even an apology video because they didn't apologize. It was an explainer. A couple months ago, Danny's family reached out to us and they asked us, to write character letters to represent the person that we knew for 25 years so that the judge could take that into full consideration relative to the sentencing. The letters were not written to question the legitimacy of the judicial system or the validity of the jury's ruling. They were intended for the judge to read um, and not to undermine the testimony of the victims or re-traumatize them in any way. We would never want to do that. And we're sorry if that has taken place. Yee. They just explained, you know, what happened. And they were explaining to the public why they shouldn't be upset with Ashton and Mila. So there were so many parts of it that yeah. did not work. I feel like there's a lesson here. But you tell me, if you have a choice between apologizing and explaining— Maybe start with the apology. <laughs> yeah. Well, and people don't want to apologize, right? So when I work with clients, okay, mm -hmm. and we have to apologize for something, like it's bad, okay, yeah. it's bad, and yeah. it's quickly getting worse. Yeah. If I come to them and say you have to do an apology, the walls come up. Because people, they have they have to go through a lot to say, I'm sorry. So what I tell them is actually step two. I say, huh. let's just explain what happened. So I okay. get them comfortable talking about what happened. Gotcha. And my goal is to lead them into them seeing, oh, this is the part I where I have to acknowledge wrong. that. I yeah. could acknowledge them. And things. then we kind of slowly sidestep into the apology and they feel more comfortable saying it. Yeah. How would you have advised Mila and Ashton? Uh, what Ashton needed to do at that point, you know, coming out of of that just ratchet, you know, apology video. He need he was probably more at risk reputationally wise, just because not just acting him. Mean, it's not so much acting anymore, but you know his, you know he's the VCs and all the, you know he's the tech guy and and also his participation with Thorn, the organization that he co-founded with his former wife Demi Moore. Uh, the, and that works against yes, uh, uh, trafficking. Crimes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So he's the go-to, you know, uh, you know, testifying to Congress. You cannot have Ashton Kutcher go through this type of a crisis and then sit down. So I said the yeah. first thing I would, would have done that he didn't do is I probably would have sat down for a media interview, honestly, huh. uh, with someone to explain it. But uh, some millennial millennials and younger people clapped back at me and said, you don't understand. It's a different media culture. We don't, we don't do interviews anymore. I said, well, fair. 
Th- that's true, but it's it's not about reaching millennials. Ashton Kutcher needs to speak to the people who matter to him. You know, mm. the money people, you know, the mm. networks, like the big players. So yeah. they the get, investors. that's what it's about. Yes, yeah. yes. It's yeah. not about visibility. It's about talking to your stakeholder. Mm -hmm. And then I said, um, he needs to step down from Thorne and he needs to do it um, immediately and then talk about what is going to change. So we got one of the three, which is he he stepped down from Thorne. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Calling all female runners, it's time to lace up and join Team Milk. Since the 2022 New York City Marathon, Team Milk has sponsored female marathon runners nationwide, providing support and shining a spotlight on their unique stories, perseverance, and drive to go the distance. Why milk? Dairy milk is an excellent nutritional ad for both marathon training and recovery. Milk contains 13 essential nutrients, including high-quality protein, making it a crucial component of a training diet. Plus, it's one of the best beverages for hydration, even better than water. The same electrolytes that are added to many of your favorite sports drinks are found naturally in milk. And in 2024, Team Milk is taking the next step to empower female runners by launching the only women's marathon in the U.S. designed for and by women. Built to be accessible, empowering, and community building, the inaugural Every Woman's Marathon will take place in Savannah, Georgia on November 16, 2024. You can learn more and register for the marathon at everywomansmarathon.com. I forget the timeline of this month, but September had also Drew Barrymore in that situation. Yeah, Drew was in there, but I'm going to toss in a quick one too. Before that, it was Jimmy Fallon. So Rolling Stone- Which everyone forgot about. Wasn't that crazy? Rolling Stone had this expose where they basically were like, everyone who works for him dislikes it. The story breaks. I'm like, whoa. And then a week later, no one's talking about it. I know. And so I just posted this to TikTok, actually. So I did a podcast about Jimmy Fallon. I also wrote an article about it in Forbes. Uh, Something that I found fascinating is that, you know, Jimmy Fallon was falling into the same type of crisis that all these other talk show hosts fell into. Um, You know, Ellen DeGeneres, James Corden, and also Kelly Clarkson, who's really like a nice person. It makes me think maybe the problem is the format of talk shows themselves and how they're produced, but don't get me started. Yeah. Well, I think you're absolutely right, Sam. I mean, part of it is definitely the production and how they treat their staffs not very well uh also you know ego is going to come into play and so that dropped in in september but it's like everything else dropped so jimmy fallon got squeezed and that's why i dub it now like the fallon is when you have an epic level pr crisis but you're squeezed out of it and you're just knocked off the headlines because there's too many other people in the queue that have their own crises and then you just get bumped off the front page yeah well because didn't drew barrymore happen right after that like what happened to drew barrymore drew barrymore issues an apology after bringing her talk show back amid the ongoing wga and sag after strikes 
everyone loves her so much and she I really fumbled. Her. What I first thought she did it, I thought, gosh, maybe she just fell on the sword for Jimmy Fallon because he was still, you know, uh, in that mix. So I thought yeah. maybe she did like a red herring move, you know, to take the And heat they're off friends. Him. They were in a movie together back oh, then. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And her her business partner is Jimmy Fallon's wife. And Didn't know so, that. Oh huh. yeah, they're very yeah, they're very tight. Um okay. but so now uncovering all this, so when I was watching this go play out in real time, Drew Barrymore first came out with the Instagram statement. And it was more defiant. The I own this statement. Yes. It's like, I own it, but it's really about being more defiant about why she was going back to work the next day. Um, but then she received so much blowback online. But what mm-hmm. I had said, and I had, po- I had put this in a TikTok, but I ended up not posting it. But I had noticed the language from CBS uh, mm-hmm. that how they already came out in support of Drew Barrymore. And I thought, oh, well, there it is. I mean, it's the partnership right there. Like, clearly, mm-hmm. she must have a production deal. And then we find out much later that she did. Flower Films is a producer of the Drew Barrymore show. So she had a financial reason to yes. support this that she, probably, that she really couldn't speak to. That she she did and she could have, but she didn't want to. And also, CBS probably told her not to. Okay, so then what's the PR lesson here and all of that? Because like, I feel like Drew's in a bind. She's she got some financial responsibilities and stakeholders that she's beholden to, but she also is a beloved, beloved, beloved personality. Was there any way to thread this needle besides what she did? Kind of. And it's such a good question because she is the perfect archetype for this where there really isn't a clear-cut, easy answer for her. I think, uh, you know, because Drew Barrymore, wasn't that long ago that she did not have a career. And and her flower (laughs) films means a lot to her, right? Like she's competing against the Reese Witherspoon, you know, Mm -hmm. producers of the world, you know? So Mm -hmm. she wants to be a a big player in that. Mm -hmm. So she didn't want to put that at risk. So I think Mm -hmm. what she tried to do is she felt that she leaned on her goodwill, her decades of goodwill, like how you and I love her. She leaned heavily on that. She went, now aesthetic-wise, she went into her house. We had the dark, you know, the the dark lighting. We, You know, she's just in her regular clothes. No makeup. I deeply apologize to writers. I deeply apologize to unions. But then when she got to the point of not explaining why she wasn't doing it, it was like a record scratch. There's a huge question of the why. Why am I doing this? (laughs) Well, um, I certainly couldn't have expected this kind of attention. Um, I wanted to do this because, as I said, this is bigger than me. And there are other people's jobs on the line. Everybody could see, like, no, you're not doing it. You're you're trying to pull one over us. Um, and they let her know. I wonder. It's like if you're Drew Barrymore, is the actual answer in terms of like staying cool with your fans, is it to maybe walk away from this? Is there a situation where she says, "I support striking workers more than I want to keep this production deal"? For now, I'm going to leave this show. And if things change, they want me back, cool, but I stand in solidarity. Yeah, I think she needed to push back to CBS. She just mm. needed to, and it would have been a risk. It's hard to do. Yeah. So hard, because it's her and Nancy. I mean, yeah. and, and it's, it's money. a company. It's money. And it's money. Yep. Yeah. But that probably would have been the right thing to do, because even if CBS cut her loose, 
Mm-hmm. Someone else would have picked she her up. She would snatched up so quick, especially yeah. if there's a narrative of, you know, they did her wrong because she stood in solidarity. She'd yeah. get snatched up because it's a good move for any other company or she a good would PR be, move. Oh, the, the hero again, there'd be another Adam Sandler movie with her and Drew, you know, like him and Drew, yeah. you know, doing some other thing. Yeah, yeah. that would have been the right move. So she didn't choose the right move. Yeah, yeah. Um, Joe Jonas, shall we? Yes. This one's weird because I don't, no, and I've watched your videos around this. I still don't know what I should be focusing on in this saga because there's, you know, Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner getting divorced and just the optics of how they're living out their lives after that. I see them out and about. Sophie's with Taylor. They are messaging through all of that. But then I also see the statements going back and forth, and I know that's a thing. And then there's also a lot to be said about who says words and who doesn't. I just, with this divorce saga in particular, I don't know what to look at. I don't know what to look at. Well, that's partly by design because that's what Joe Jonas's handlers wanted you to do. They they wanted people to be confused by the narrative. They Mm. wanted people to actually look at it and wonder like, well, who's the hero and who's the villain? Because really every story has a hero and a villain. It's same with the press. You know, celebrities are in movies with heroes and villains. Same thing um, when it comes to publicity. So this case, why it's so fascinating to me for what I do for a living, and also since I do have a sense, you know, the backroom inner workings of it, is that again, that the Jonas team Whoever it is, if it's just them and the family, maybe it's the parents, uh, publicists, you know, we don't know, part of the team, they used a playbook, again, antiquated, from a time where they think that they can uh, manipulate the public perception of the public, you know, manipulate Mm -hmm. how they're viewing this narrative Mm -hmm. by using the media. But where they were using it was TMZ. I mean, that's where they're locked in is with TMZ. Huh. Now that Joe Jonas has filed for divorce, people are wondering what went wrong between him and Sophie Turner. But TMZ, I would argue, does not have the same level of power it once had because of TikTok. Because TikTok really is just a running TMZ, if you think about it. (laughs) Right? Everyone is running their own TMZ. So they use TMZ to be their mouthpiece, mostly. Mm. But it was so transparent what they were doing. Because you looked at TMZ, everything was about Joe. Sources close to Joe. Sources very close to Joe. We've spoken to multiple sources on Joe's side who said, obviously, she was a party girl. He liked to stay at home. That was part of it. Like, they were essentially saying, it's Joe. But they didn't want to say that, yeah. Meanwhile, Sophie's kind of quiet. Yeah, now, there could be, you know, a place where maybe she had an NDA and she couldn't say anything. I mean, I have to, like, put that in there that maybe that was part of it. And if that were the case, that that boomeranged right back on Joe Jonas. Because maybe Joe Jonas knew Sophie couldn't say anything because she was tied into an NDA. There's that. Yeah. There's also something else you said in one of your videos about this. The silence, yeah. This is why I think it's more likely. Yeah. Tell us this. Yeah. Go ahead. So when things happen on a Friday, particularly Mm. dropped in the afternoon, for Jonas, I think the reason why they did that, let's put it out, you know, on Friday, kind of these, well, and actually, they didn't just put, yeah. And and to be honest, though, it wasn't a test balloon because they had been dropping blind items for months, months about Sophie? Yes. That's messy. Yes. I don't it, like that. No, it's it's devious. That's why he, 
he actually deserved what he got because <laughs> they were going to blind gossip creators and oh. feeding them all this information. For months before the divorce yes. got announced. Yes, and if you watch the blind gossip creators, you can see who took the bait and wow. who didn't. Yes, so there's that. Uh, wow. So then it was really Labor Day weekend where I feel they thought, okay, now we're going to roll it out. Mm -hmm. And because it's Labor Day weekend, people are distracted. Mm -hmm. The press is really not going to be paying attention because Monday's not mm -hmm. a work day. So I think they thought that they could control the whole and manipulate the entire narrative on social media with blind gossip and people. Mm -hmm. Then by the time Tuesday came along, when they would announce the divorce, everybody would solidly be in the Joe Jonas corner. Um, but because on Sunday is when he dropped the ring camera story about, well, the reason why I had to do it is because I found something. It all has to do with what he says he witnessed or heard on a ring camera. He had gotten some info or evidence that signified to him that their marriage was over. We don't know what it was he says he saw or heard. It was weird. Yeah, it was weird. Uh, but it just backfired spectacularly for the Jonas family yeah. team. You also said something else in your videos about this. You said, watch who's the most silent. Yes. Because sometimes they're the one who most needs to get away from it all. Yes, because in the swirl of what the Jonases were doing, which was so fascinating to watch that, it was interesting to counter what Sophie Turner was doing. And she was silent. You didn't see her in a pap walk anywhere, you know, walking out with her daughters. Mm -hmm. You didn't see her drop things on social media. You didn't see a lot of blind gossip. People talk mm -hmm. about, you know, sources close to Sophie. She said and did nothing. And that, I felt, was powerful. So now in publicity, I think the lesson that we learn now I really think every publicist and celebrity is looking at the Jonas um, situation. I think it's set a watermark or huh. is a baseline for how so it, yeah. publicists are going to roll out uh, divorces from now on. I As really a lesson, do. be quiet. Yeah, I really think like keep go dark, mm -hmm. do your statement, you know, put yes. your printed statement on Instagram. Say it's, use it a statement that always has the word amicable, which means it was yes. not amicable, but exactly. issue that amicable statement and then yep. shut up. Yes, and then shut up and go away, go dark, and mm -hmm. then reemerge when the there time comes. Yeah. There you go. Mm -hmm. And that's good life advice for anyone having a breakup. <laughs> oh, it is life advice. <laughs> I'm telling you, it works. Yeah, yeah. So going through all of these situations and such from the summer and fall, there's one thing I still don't get. We have had social media for well over a decade now, but you point out ways in which all of these celebrities are still using a legacy media playbook. Why are they still doing this? Like, what what will it take to get them out of that legacy playbook, and why are they still doing it? Well, because they're celebrities, and their art is their acting, is mm. their whatever their craft is, whether they're yeah. singers or actors. I mean, yeah. they're not lawyers. They're not publicists. They're not strategic crisis PR people. They don't know. And also, they're not really attuned with the hoi polloi anymore, you know? And, and they're removed the social, from reality in many so ways. They're so removed. They don't understand the culture. And I think a lot of it too is like, people don't want to get in and read their own press. You know, they don't want to get down and dirty because mentally it's so hard. Mm -hmm. So what they do is they just rely on other people to do it on their behalf. Mm -hmm. But the mm -hmm. other people don't know it either. They think well, they And they have different incentives. They have different incentives, but also just from experience. Because uh, when I get into a mix where I'm dealing, because I'm not a publicist. Like there's proactive and reactive PR. I mean, I used to be yeah. in the proactive game. It's all P's, yeah. promotional, yeah. press release, you know, public publicity. 
Pub- publicists and proactive people think they know reactive PR. They they think uh, they're they think they got it. Mm-hmm. You know, you might hear them say, "Well, you know, I majored in this, or I've done this, or I've done this," but you don't know it. It's and a lot of people who work in in even in my biz, they just go by their gut. And yeah, your gut can certainly come into play, but you have to go by experience, but you also have to go by theory. Like I think of it from an academic point of view. Like there really is like the playbook that Marty Singer is using for Lizzo and a lot of these other actors and actresses and people in the public eye use, it's actually a theory. And at one time it worked. It is a crisis response theory. It doesn't work anymore. You can't control denial. You can't control it anymore. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. I want to ask you what celebrity this year or in this moment has done the best job of their PR, is the MVP of their PR. I I have a name, but I'm going to oh, hear what you say. I get to ask this all the time. Okay. And I, I don't have a lot of great answers because um, for two reasons. One, okay. sometimes the crisis is managed so early that we don't even – it's not even, even on our crisis. radar. Yeah. That's not a crisis. Um, and then other times it's because it's so few and far between that we, we, I really don't see it. There's usually some hiccup in it. But mm-hmm. if I could pull out one in recent memory who kind of mm-hmm. got it right, mm-hmm. um, is Jamie Foxx. Huh. Do you remember what that who was? Who I love. Yeah. Uh, I know he was sick for a little bit. He was and sick. he never but, told us. And he never told us. But do you know what happened to him? He was involved in a, in a PR crisis, a definite Wait, social media PR crisis. What happened? See, I love, and you are the most, you're, who's <laughs> I'm plugged in. in than you? And I you love are Jamie plugged Fox. in. Yeah. Yes. Wait, so what happened? So Jamie Foxx, um, yes. Yeah, so right at the time that he was coming back out, like I still thought he was sick. I went, wait a minute, Jamie Foxx is in a crisis? What's going on here? So he came out with a post that said um, that someone had wronged him. And uh, and betrayed him. And he said, you know what they say in our culture? Oh my gosh, I'm saying this off the top of my head and I don't want to do it wrong. It's like, you know what they did to Jesus? So he said specifically, quote, they killed this dude named Jesus. What do you think they'll do to you? That was the quote. So I, I heard this phrase growing up. So when he posted, I was yes. like, I get it. Basically, in the black church, when they're talking about how even people you trust will sometimes come against you, the phrase is, Well, they killed Jesus. You know, look what they did to Jesus. Look what they did to Jesus. Yes. Yes. Some people saw that, heard that, and said, they, who are you talking about? Jewish people? Yes. Well, which is, you know, that trope has also been out there. I mean, other people have, you know, talked about this before. So it's not as if Jamie Foxx is the first person to introduce this. Um, So it was like a ready-made social media PR crisis for Jamie Foxx. But what was interesting, what he did—oh, and then— Jennifer Aniston liked the post 
So now she got involved. She almost gets in trouble pretty frequently now for liking or disliking or commenting on the wrong thing. What's up with that? Well, That's a whole other thing. It's kind of our conversation about celebrities, how they're removed. So it could have been someone, it could have been her team, but she can't come out and say it was someone on her team. Or if she said it was herself, well, then you don't read it. like, why are you doing this? Yeah, Yeah. and what did she do? She denied it. She said, I did not, and she used like this kind of rubric of language to say, I did not not like the post of, like, what, what? Is that a denial? Like, no one knows. So she received a lot of grief for that as well, because then she unliked it, um, because she called out Jamie Foxx for being anti-Semitic. But then a lot, you know, and then a lot of the, you know, black people come out and say, no, just like you did. No, 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 we grew up in this. we grew up doing this. My grandmother told me this, you know, my whole life. So, um, but Jamie Foxx came out. And he apologized. And and this is the reason why it is so good, is he had every right to walk his way out of it and say, no, folks, listen, my grandmother said this to me growing up. I Like, no, it's not anti-Semitic. He could even all. say, y'all reading so much into this feels a little bit racist to me. Yes, he absolutely could have, could have done that. But he went above and beyond and just said, nope, I'm going to apologize. And he apologized for the right reason because of this. Whether or not it was anti-Semitic almost doesn't matter nowadays. It's that people thought it was. So you're going to hurt someone. So when someone feels they're aggrieved or victimized, you're, you're speaking to that person, and he did the right thing, and that's why you didn't know about it. Yeah, and now realizing it, it was very thoughtful. He said, quote, I want to apologize to the Jewish community and everyone who was offended by my post. I now know my choice of words have caused offense, and I'm sorry. That was never my intent. And perfect. Yeah, and, you can't argue more, with that. You can't argue he, with that. You can't. And even more, he did it because someone betrayed him. So, like, clearly yeah. it was like someone, like, screwed him over. And in a state of emotion, you know, he went to Instagram and did that. And he didn't, you know, he didn't blame it on someone else. I mean, he mentioned it for context. But that, to me, is the perfect celebrity response. I can't uh, end this celebrity PR conversation without telling you who I think is the MVP of PR this year. Yes. It's not going to be a surprise. Taylor Swift. Everything she touches turns to gold. Even the fact that as soon as her stadium tour ends, she begins dating the most famous football player in the country. That means she gets an entire football season of PR after her tour. Mm -hmm. I see a sense of logic in everything she does that I Mm -hmm. don't see in most other celebrities. Mm -hmm. But you tell me what you think about her. Oh, she is operating at... Uh, well, I, I say, I'm writing an article about it right now in Forbes oh, wow. because I did this TikTok about um, the SEO. I don't know if you saw this, where uh, that she was using kind of the machinations here of uh, her really one PR miss that she has mm-hmm. is over her jet emission story. There was data released on how celebrities use private jets. She was one of the worst offenders, but then yes. she said, actually, it's not me because I rent the jet out. Yeah, oh exactly. God. It was all, it was a bad response, and she yeah. botched it because, again, she didn't want to acknowledge it. So yeah. that's what happens when you don't yeah. acknowledge something. It's It sticks around. It stays mm-hmm. there. It sticks to yeah. you. So, uh, but, you know, that story, the Google story, SEO search has a lot, has a lot of heft on SEO. Mm-hmm. Did she choose after the Chiefs game against the Bears, did she choose to go to the Jets because and bring all the celebrities with her? She's in the private box. So there would be so much SEO and publicity, not just for Taylor and Kelsey. Um, but, but for all, the Jets. But for the Jets, but also 
you know, Deadpool and Sophie Turner again and Blake Lively. So there's so much conversation and chatter that she's creating all this content, all this searchable SEO in there that maybe it just put that Jets story, oh, yeah. uh, you know, kind of buried it a bit. Now, when you search Taylor Swift and Jets, you get that football game. You don't get her private jet. Yes. And and, and now, like, Walter had a great article about it, and yeah. some people will dispute it, but no one's going to convince me otherwise, because in my biz, the internet, searching on the internet, SEO, is a mm-hmm. part of what we do. Absolutely. Yeah. We create new content to create good news to make the bad news go away or push it down um, on the internet. What is the lesson for celebrity PR from Taylor and her year and winning so much? Oh my gosh. Well, I I should pull up my Forbes article, but there's a (laughs) lot of elements there. Like I came up with seven of them. I mean, one is about uh, leveraging social media, clearly. Mm -hmm. Um, Like she was the artist in the Eras tour that said, film, you know, stream live, you know, like she created so much more buzz around that. Her Mm -hmm. Easter eggs, you know, you know, everything that she's dropping there. Also leveraging celebrity and just being a part, you know, always bringing other people into her orbit. Uh, Another turnaround that she did with Ticketmaster when that the Ticketmaster meltdown, you know, Taylor was a part of that. You know, she was Mm -hmm. able to deflect that and almost get you know, now there's yeah. legislation out there exactly. against Ticketmaster. But also she knows how to capitalize on a moment. She yeah. understands uh, like forced serendipity in a way. She huh. can look ahead and say, okay, if I date a football player, let me see. It's summer. Fall's coming up. I can get a football player. That's the NFL. Um, and I know that, okay, who's going to be singing, you know, at the Super Bowl? Okay, so now we have Usher. Okay, now we have this. I think she just sees, and she probably sits down with a little team, and they plot it out, and she probably loves every minute of it. What I love about I would her, hate every minute of that. Oh, oh my God. I would love that. Oh, my <laughs> gosh, the plotting. Like, that would be, that would be like Christmas morning for me every day. Wow. But just the strategy behind it, and she just has fun doing it. And really the benefit is yes to Taylor, but it's also to her fans. I mean, that's why they love her. They They just, she gives them so much. Yeah. Yeah. Of all that we've talked about today, what celebrity PR tip would be most applicable to everyday folks, listeners at home in their own lives? Yeah, well, it would probably be, it's so difficult, you know, as we've we've pointed out, it's hard to find the good role models out there for the people to say, yeah. do yeah. it like that person, because who's really understanding the culture right now are the people who are content creators online. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're the ones that really have so much influence. Um, mm-hmm. I would say for people, for looking at um, reputation and I call because there is personal PR, you know, human relations is all public relations. What I tell people is when it comes to, you know, making choices in life Mm -hmm. that will impact your reputation because it will end up online, Mm -hmm. the easy go-to is this. The easy way out Mm -hmm. is always the most damaging way to do it. It's more difficult to do the right thing. It just takes effort. I think when it comes to your own PR, put the effort into it. Don't think... Like for celebrities out there, publicists, don't think one photo on Instagram is going to do it. Don't think one well-worded statement is going to do it. No. You got to also treat the public like with respect that we're not all a bunch of dum-dums that can, mm-hmm. that can you know, be taken for this. Mm-hmm. No. Everyone is uh, smarter by half now about the, just having literacy in how publicity and PR works. And they're onto it. And if they think they're being bamboozled or um, someone's being deceptive, they will let you know and they will bring you down. <laughs> yeah. 
And when in doubt, just do what Beyonce does, which is don't talk to anybody and just make your art. <laughs> oh, hey, there's quiet. a great example. Right? Yes. She, just, she doesn't talk. And you know what? That works for her. That oh, works you, for her. You know, here I'm going on and on about Sophie. Beyonce did the same thing. She wasn't in a divorce, but she did the same thing. Yeah. She's Literally, just like, like all the, the fight in the elevator. Elevator. She didn't say anything. She didn't say a word. The Jay-Z cheating. She didn't say anything. Say a word. She mm-hmm. responded to it. Both of those yep. things through mm-hmm. song when yep. it was time. When it, it was time. A hundred percent. One hundred percent. You can only, yeah, you can only own your narrative if you give the narrative space to breathe and you mm. don't try to manipulate people into believing your narrative. It's yes. th- that's how you control it is by yes. keeping it tight. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes you got to sit and wait. Oh my goodness. Molly, I thank you so much for this. Uh, I love your stuff on TikTok. I love I your love, stuff. Oh my goodness. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I love following these celebrities and all their drama. This was a most delightful chat, and I hope we can talk again soon. Molly McPherson is TikTok's PR lady. She also writes for Forbes, and she hosts the Indestructible PR podcast. All right, Intuit is hosted by me. The show is produced by Janae West, Travis Larchuk, Gabby Grossman, Jelani Carter, and Taka Zen. Our fearless editor is Jordana Hochman. Our engineer is Daniel Turek. Our music is composed by Breakmaster Stillander and the executive producer of audio at Vox Media is Nishat Kurwa. We are back Friday with a brand new episode. Till then, listeners, don't get into any PR crises. Okay, bye. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Why do you run? Why does anyone? I always thought that runners loved running, and that's not the case. Most runners hate running, <laughs> but they choose to do it. In the new docuseries Running Sucks, brought to you by Team Milk, Abby Ayers learns why women runners everywhere are driven to go the distance. It really is about taking my power back and proving myself wrong. Team Milk is about fueling women's performance and helping them along their marathon journeys. You can sign up now for the inaugural Every Woman's Marathon, taking place in Savannah, Georgia, on November 16th, 2024. Learn more and register at everywomansmarathon.com.